in the light treason news, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Chloe and Aaron. Hello. Hello, guys. How are you? Good. I'm well. You're doing well. Eric has coffee. Eric accidentally walked here in the rain. I was like, there was like, I don't, I'm so bad at using weather apps. Do you have dark sky? No, I don't have dark sky. Dark sky is the one that's actually accurate. I have weather app. No. No, See, the thing is, the weather app told me it was raining. And I was like, but at my house, it had stopped raining. So I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, it's like, you know, it's like a 25-minute walk to Mm -hmm. Allison's house. Mm -hmm. There's a break in the rain. I think if I leave now, I can get to, you know, their place before it picks up bad again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have got a little umbrella, so maybe, you know, even if it starts to drizzle a little bit, I'll be fine. And then just like, as soon as I left the house... Like, uh, before I even got to the end of my block, it just started raining sure. again. And I was mm-hmm. like, well. Download Dark Sky. It's the one that's like hour by hour tells you <gasps> if Ooh, it's I raining. My problem, I'll get Dark Sky. My problem right now with the weather app, it actually is pretty, like it has an hourly that's fairly accurate. Mm-hmm. But what drives me crazy is I'll look at the weather for the day and it'll be like, here's your thing. And here's a 10% chance of rain. I'm like, 10%? That's not a lot. Mm-hmm. Literally every time it said there's a 10% chance of rain, it rained. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I see any pers- uh, precipitation in the area, I just bring an umbrella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I pay. I have an umbrella. I started, I st- this is truly neurotic behavior. I have, because I just kept leaving umbrellas places. I've stashed an umbrella at every, like I have one at my house. I have one at my office Smart. and I have one in my backpack. So if I ever forget one, I always have one on me. I think that's just good planning. Yeah. Yeah. So while we're in the pop culture section, hello, Mm -hmm. by the way, if you're new to Light Trees and News, this is a good episode to start listening to uh, the show. We got Boots Riley coming up. Sorry to bother you. Do go check that out. Follow Boots on Twitter as well at Boots Riley. And but before we get to that, so cool. He's cool. We, I think he started following me on Twitter when I was covering Occupy Wall Street mm-hmm. because he, in addition to being a very talented musician and now filmmaker, uh, he's what we call a politically woke. I mean, I think if you if you know who Boots Riley is and you didn't know he was politically woke, what are you doing? What are you doing? What do you know him for? Yeah, well, what, what is it? just from the one scene and. He's not in Superbad, but his song is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> so unless he has a cameo. I don't think, I don't he, think does. he does. I think it's just the song. I but everybody remember. knows the song. Wait, what's the song? Uh, so, I forget the name of it. Do you it. know the coup? The coup. That was his, or is his. Maybe group. I would know, like, the do you remember song. The, do like, you remember the scene in Superbad where they're at the party and uh, Bill Hader as the cop starts dancing oh, fuck. with the kids? You would recognize it. I would it. definitely yeah, recognize it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So that's coming up. But before yeah. we get to that, uh, here's how Light Trees and News works. We talk about pop culture and then bad news, and then we leave you with good news at the end. So while we're in the pop culture section, Eric, I wanted to talk about the insane screening you and I oh went to. Oh, boy. We couldn't Ooh. actually talk about it before Saturday? Sunday. Be- oh, okay. Right. So today, but yesterday for you guys. Mm-hmm. Because we signed an NDA. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to the Roxy Hotel where they were showing a screening of Sasha Baron Cohen's new TV show. Yeah. First of all, let's just talk about how bananas the process was of seeing this fucking thing. So they let us in like 10 at a time mm-hmm. and they seize everybody's cell phones and put yep. them in these like bags. Yeah, there's this company that started. I had heard somebody talk about this before, but there's this company that is it's actually i think a genius company mm-hmm. so they they make these little like vinyl bags that have a clip on the top of it that's similar to like you know the little clip you, like on pants that have the ink thing on it mm-hmm. where it like locks in place and you can only unlock it with like a special machine mm-hmm. it basically has one of those on it except it's not like an ink bomb or anything it's literally just a lock yeah. but everybody who shows up you have to put your phone in one and what? then, like, the psychological aspect that I think is really brilliant is they let you keep that bag. Yes. Because I think a lot of people would throw a fit if you took their phone. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they take your phone, put it in a bag, and give it 
back to you. Mm-hmm. And you can't Whoa. open it or access yeah. it. Yeah, there's no way to get into I your I was phone. like weirdly comforted by the fact that I got to keep it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I, if there is truly like, if you're like having an anxiety attack, and you're like, I just have to check in with my kids or something, you can leave and go back out to the coat check and they'll unlock it. Yes. You just can't oh. use it in so the theater. So you can theater. get into your phone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that was bananas. But then we sit down and... Oh, they also did something I've never seen anyone do before. When we signed an NDA, they made oh, you take a picture with, with your the NDA. NDA. And you pointed out that's probably because people in the past have said that's not my signature. Yes, I'm sure multiple oh. people have broken NDAs before and they're like, oh, that's not me. Somebody else signed that. So as you can imagine, they're doing this for every single person. So it takes forever, forever. to mm-hmm. seat us. So then they finally seat us and there's someone from Showtime there. Mm-hmm. And she addresses the audience very briefly. But one of the things she says is... There are security guards stationed in the theater with night vision glasses. With night vision glasses. Oh, my God. Goggles. And (laughs) just like on the off chance somebody smuggled in a phone that wasn't in a bag. They brought their burner just to text during this. There's no no way to tell if if somebody brought in multiple phones. Because literally the whole process was. They don't pat us down. Yeah, they, they literally just like. As you were walking in, they are like, put your phone in here. So it's just right. like, you could have had three or four phones on you and put one in the bag and then right. had multiple yeah. phones. So I gotta they, tell the people about to show it. <laughs> yeah. So literally, there were these dudes in suits with like earpieces and stuff like walking around. And then like in the middle, they just whipped out these like little binoculars looking things oh and they had night vision God. goggles and they were just scanning. Yeah. And there was one placed at the front of the theater, basically just to the le- like just to the left of the screen. Mm-hmm. So you could always see him because he was just standing right there in front of the screen. Yeah. And he would just be like, I in the audience and then like occasionally put up glasses and like look, just oh scan the audience. God. It was really intense. So and all for Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> so the reason they did that is because the whole deal, and I'm sure you know this if you watched Ollie G, is Sasha Baron Cohen dresses up as different characters and interviews people. And sometimes they're just like average Americans, and sometimes they're really, really famous politicians mm-hmm. and personalities. And we signed the NDA because they didn't want any of us to leak the very famous guests mm-hmm. that he is interviewing or like major plot points of the show. Yes. So I don't even really want to talk because a lot of that has already leaked already who uh-huh. he's interviewed. But <laughs> Well, some of them are leaking just because the people are like, <laughs> like wait, just, what? it's just like literally the newest one. That's my favorite is uh, he got Roy Moore from Alabama yes. and just like, so stupidly, like, I guess they're trying to get ahead of it, but they're just, like, putting out these press releases just like, I was tricked. <laughs> and the thing is, like, if you ever watch any Sasha Baron Cohen show, it just becomes immediately, like, how did you get tricked by this? Like, yeah. the Ali G show? Like, oh, how? I know. How, who sat down for an interview and was like, this is a real person? Well, you and I talked about that where I was like, what is the screening process like the handlers for these people are mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. like are they asking to see a website prior interviews <laughs> do they have those things like right. do they go that far in I have no tricking idea. them I, I don't know I can't imagine but anyway so we saw the first two episodes and I don't know it like the whole thing felt immediately very tired to me like Sasha Baron Cohen's entire act feels very like '90s. What's to me. like I the format of the show? Is that just is. interviewing people? So mm-hmm. it's called uh, "Who Is America," mm-hmm. and it's about Sasha Baron Cohen has created like caricatures mm-hmm. representing the wildly different factions of the United States. Okay, sometimes they make sense. Sometimes mm-hmm. it just feels like he's trying to crowbar in a character he had. But mm-hmm. one is like an Israeli. Uh, <laughs> Defense. He was an agent for the Mossad. He was an agent for the Mossad. <laughs> or, yeah. And he hates terrorists yeah. mm-hmm. and perceives everybody as terrorists for the most part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, so he's like the very, very right wing character. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a hippie NPR guy. Mm-hmm. And there's a, it's very weird because the entire structure of the show sort of asks you to believe that those two characters have equal weight in America mm-hmm. and it's just not true. No. So immediately it's a little weird. Yeah. Uh, and then oftentimes strays into dangerous territory because oftentimes mm-hmm. what he's doing is he's like inciting very right wing racist people to get even angrier Ooh. and that feels like really scary. And <laughs> unnecessary And unnecessary right now? especially now in the United States mm-hmm. like 
whether these people ultimately, I guess they'll all know they were tricked eventually. Yeah. I'm like, so you just made a bunch of race, angry racists even angrier? That, like, yeah. that feels weird to me and pointless and not accomplishing anything. Yeah, yeah but I think, I mean, what's interesting to me, though, is that, like, like, so the screening we were in was filled with a bunch of people like us, yeah. like very comedians liberal and artists. like, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, like, in all of those people, I think if you ask them, like, they know about you know people who are racist and stuff like that. But even those people watching his show, he gets people to say things out loud, yeah. and even all these people who you know, are like New York liberal artists. We're still like shocked at things people but were saying. My, my question is, so what? Okay, so they said those things out loud. Like he gets sometimes politicians to say very damning things, mm-hmm. but they, they're oftentimes very right-wing politicians who, if they're based, the people who voted for them knew they said those things, would agree. They're like, yeah, that mm-hmm. maybe you were talking in code before and now you said the bad things out loud, yeah. mm-hmm. but I'm still going to vote for you. So my yeah. question is, yeah, I, there were a lot of liberals because we live in a bubble in New York City, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we are protected from a lot of that stuff. And then when you see people actually say what they're thinking, you're like mm-hmm. very taken aback. But then so what? It's like those people that he tricked don't magically yeah. change their mind. Nobody becomes more no. tolerant. Um I'm sort of like, what's what's the point? Like, but other I, than what he always does, which is occasionally shock you into laughing. Well, one, mm-hmm. I will say one point is I don't think Sasha's comedy has an agenda. Mm. I mean, I think he definitely, like, goes after certain people. But I don't think, I, I think if you asked him or anybody that works on a show, I don't think the point is ever to create any sort of change. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I think coming from that angle, there's definitely not any sort of, like, I don't think there's any, like, I don't think there's any point to it. It doesn't feel like but, there's any sort of... But my point is, I think they do have an effect, but I think it's in a bad way. <laughs> I think it's right. yeah. in riling up people who are already, like, dangerously paranoid and angry mm-hmm. and, like, making it even worse. Like, the the liberals eat tricks. It's sort of like, well, so what? Like, they probably won't, you know, commit a violent crime because they're so mm-hmm. pissed off. Yeah. But, like, that town hall meeting was scary. Mm-hmm. That was really scary. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think anything good is happening here by, like, comedically or otherwise. I don't mean, like, comedy should only be considered good if it affects, like, social change in a positive way. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this isn't particularly funny. And it's, like, probably going to make these people even angrier. Mm-hmm. And that I, I was sort of like why would anyone want to watch this? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, was my feeling after. And I, I overheard quite a few people saying that where they were just sort of like, it was upsetting to watch and I probably wouldn't keep watching it. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Which is his whole act, though. But that's yeah. what felt very dated. I'm like, I feel like I'm just watching Ali G, but many, many years afterwards, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, somebody else, I think at Jezebel, they wrote an article where they were like, can anybody just like go away? Like, why does everybody get to come back? And it's like, oh, and we have more episodes of Ali G, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. now it's called it's Who is different. America? Yeah. It's like, why? Give somebody uh, else a show. Yeah. I never got into him. I never really liked any of his I mean, I think stuff. there was a novelty to him when mm. he first became a thing. Yeah. But now it's sort of like, fuck, he's still doing this, huh? It's happening Ready? still. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, we're going to go to my interview with Boots Riley right now. If you haven't seen Sorry to Bother You, get out there, see it. It's really good, very funny, fucking weird in a, oh, the best so possible yeah. way. I love weird. Please follow Boots on Twitter and enjoy the interview. I'm here. Yay. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? All right. Uh, Thanks con- for having me on. Oh, my God. Of course. Congratulations on the film. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm really excited about the fact that people are, are uh, getting you know, moved by it or, you know, are interested in it or engaging in it. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Like. 
I got the impression watching the film that it was something that you had been working on maybe just like in your head for a really long time. So I wanted to ask you about like, what was the process of creating the film? Well, um, let's see. I think I got to the end of writing it the first time in 2012, maybe even a little earlier than that. And uh, I put out a, uh, an album that was inspired by it uh, in order to gain some buzz about it mm-hmm. and um and in in 2012 and that didn't work and <laughs> then i ran into dave eggers in 2014 and got him to read the script because at that point i thought i was just going to put it out on the internet and he you know decided he asked me to let him put it out as its own paperback book on uh, and, and but as a screen in screenplay format, but uh, bound as a paperback book and and packaged with the McSweeney's Quarterly, so that went out to like ten or twenty thousand people. Mm. And then I used the you know the new invigoration uh, that I got from that, and and joined SF Film as a filmmaker of residence. Then uh, applied and got into the uh, Sundance Screenwriters Lab in the next year um, got into the Sundance Directors Lab mm. and yeah so it's it's been it's been like an open document that I've been building on right. for like years but you know and, and because I, I wasn't in the industry like in order to like get notes on it and stuff it might be as opposed to now I could probably get notes from a bunch of different people I respect in within a, a couple weeks. But this was like, in, you know, I, I write it then five months later, I get one person to read it that knows anything about what they're talking about. And right. then uh, six months later, I get this other person to read it and they say this one other thing. So it was kind of a slow process. Totally. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, and I, I don't think this is a spoiler for the film, but it, it's a great film, like, the first three acts, but then there's this, like, uh-huh. amazing sci-fi twist to it, and I, I just wanted to ask you about, like, what you think sci-fi can accomplish storytelling-wise that maybe a, tra- I, I don't want to say traditional, but qu- I'm putting air quotes around traditional film can't. Like, why? why did you feel that a sci-fi tilt to your story was necessary. See, I don't, I don't even think in, think in terms of names of genres. Or right. I think that kind of, that kind of holds people back. Mm. And when I did the thing that people are, that, that would be called sci-fi, it wasn't because I thought I needed to delve into sci-fi and sci-fi has these qualities to it. It was because I thought that the character needed that mm. to happen at the time. I'd already built this crazy world, and there was um, there there was something I needed him to go through, mm-hmm. and it's just that my mind I wasn't limited by already thinking I was in a certain genre, um, and and so therefore it was like skipping to another genre. But I will say this: that as someone who is and has been a fan of sci-fi for a while, that I think. Uh, sci-fi can be a cop-out for some people it's 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 a way to make the world so different that it's irrelevant to our times Mm. you know right you you look at you look at um um i was was reading an interview uh by uh michael and talking to walter murch who worked on a lot of that uh uh, zoetrope studio stuff and he was talking about how um, George Lucas had originally wanted to make the, he, he was making the first Apocalypse Now uh, what became Apocalypse Now he was doing a movie that he, it was his idea to do something based on the heart of darkness but his version was much more radical mm-hmm. his version was that uh, 
we would be with the Viet Cong. The Viet Cong would be the protagonist, and they would be um, going deep into the U.S. territory um, the US, that the U.S. Had, had conquered in order to find their version of Kurtz, the, a guy who had joined the, the military, the, joined with the U.S., and risen up the ranks and kind of gone crazy and was a powerful person in that. And that was, that was his story, but people thought it was too radical. It was siding with the Viet Cong and siding against the U.S. And uh, they were like, you, you can't get this funded. We can't find funding for it. The idea is too radical. He was like, I'm going to put it in space instead. And that's what <laughs> Star Wars is supposed to be. Right. Star Wars is supposed to be this radical idea where the rebels are the Viet Cong and the, the U.S. is the empire. And it's changed since then, obviously. I probably gave up on that idea later on. But the point is, it's one of the biggest pieces of culture in, you know, human history. Mm. And it's, it hid all of its good, uh, all of its messaging that we could use in our world, in this world that is unrelatable to ours. Right. And yeah, you can look at it and try to find allegory. So, so many times, people um, hide their messages and these things and part of, partly because they're scared they think their ideas won't get funded so mm-hmm. whatever I did you know in the movie is there's fantastical elements there's you know as you say a sci-fi element um, there's you know absurdist things but I, I needed to make sure that it was within a world that we recognize yeah for sure. And I, and I needed needed all of these things to have a reason. Like I didn't I would like when I started off making the movie, it was just a telemarketing movie and I knew he was gonna have to decide uh what side of a struggle he was on. Mm-hmm. And that's all I knew. But as I went, I you know, needed him to go through things and, and needed to do it in a way that hadn't been done before and, and uh, in a way that made and, and the reason for having it be a way that hadn't been done before was was not just to be like ooh I did something that hadn't been done before mm-hmm. but also to to make people feel it because so often you know we're used to seeing versions of things we've already seen and 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 we disengage from it. We may even think it's a great movie because we can see what that filmmaker did, but we disengage from it. And I wanted to keep people engaged in a different way. Right. Um, I also wanted to ask you about diversity in, in film. And, you know, obviously it goes without saying that Hollywood is very, very white. Um, But I wanted your take now, especially that you've gone through this whole journey with this film, if you get a sense that more diverse storytellers are are getting an opportunity to tell their story, whether it be through these smaller festivals and working up the chain that way, or if you feel like maybe that's just wishful thinking on the part of some people that that we are becoming more inclusive. You know, I don't really have anything to gauge it against because this is my first film mm-hmm. and I don't, you know, uh, there's certain top terminology that I didn't even know of a couple weeks ago. So, you know, um, I don't know, you know, how the industry you know, I don't have a lot to compare with, but it seems to me, slightly from the outside at least, that um, that film, the entertainment industry and film in particular, um, has a, a need to answer the large movements that are happening. Mm-hmm. Often the, the, that, you know, so there, there are movements going on in the world. There's... Uh, there was a few years ago the Occupy movement, and there's Black Lives Matter, um, and, uh, and and it's not because of a Twitter thing of Oscars so white, but because of these larger movements, um, there are folks in the industry that would like to answer that, and you know sometimes that answer can be opportunist, like get off our back, we're doing something here, here you go. Other times it could be more heartfelt, like okay, I don't want to be on the evil side of the world. Here, here's something that we can do. 
but I do think that um, people of color getting chances to uh, write and direct movies. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how to compare it to before. So that could just be, you know, uh, my perception based on, you know, based on lack of experience. Mm. Uh, and then before I let you go, because I know you're super busy, I just wanted to know if there's anything you were, and again, you're <laughs> slammed right now, so I don't know how much time, downtime you have, but if there's anything you're reading, listening to, or watching right now that you would recommend to everybody, other than your film, of course, which everybody should go see. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in this, I'm in this loop of, <laughs> sorry to bother you, yeah. stuff, so really really hard for me to um, read or watch anything outside of that. Although I, I need to um, watch TV, which I haven't done. Like I have a reason that I have to watch TV because I don't really watch many TV shows, but I'm going to write one. So I better figure out how that works. Oh, you're writing one. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very so, cool. Um, so I, so then, so my assignment is to watch some TV to see. It's not a bad assignment to have. How it all works. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, not moving boxes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and uh, congratulations again. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot. Guys, please follow Boots on Twitter. Go see Sorry to Bother You. Uh, thank you so much to Boots Riley's team who arranged the interview and like busted their ass to make it happen uh, when he was being interviewed by much larger publications and shows. They mm -hmm. made it happen, and that was really cool. Of yeah, them. that is really cool. Yeah, because I've had to deal with a lot of PR people, and some of them are not so nice, and they wouldn't make that happen. So, mm -hmm. uh, unsurprisingly, Boots has an awesome team working for him. And guys, it's that time of the show. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here is your bad news. Oh. I wanted to mention before we get into bad news too, if you're a new listener and you're like, why is there a faint echo on this show? It's because I recently moved and my furniture is not here yet. But the show will not always sound this way. Mm -hmm. Just FYI. Unless it's cool, then maybe. <laughs> yeah, are yeah. you into it? Mm -hmm. Do you like it? Does it sound? Does it sound like we're like <laughs> broadcasting from like a bunker? <laughs> yeah, like does it give it a cool underground Ooh, edgy yeah. vibe mm -hmm. to it? In which case, uh, I'll keep it. I'll never have <laughs> keep it, and we'll shave our heads. <laughs> I I I uh, <laughs> I suggested on the first episode back from your new apartment that you not get any new furniture mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you keep these uh these sweet camping chairs yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i have a built-in cup holder and a cell phone a pocket, cell phone. i can't i'm loving it i can't even begin to describe how many uh when i was living in alabama in like a college town how many houses looked exactly like this oh, oh, yes. for uh, years. I went to a state school in <laughs> Illinois and same. They had to pass a city ordinance that we weren't allowed to have inside furniture outside. <laughs> oh my They're God. like, please stop putting couches on the front lawn. They passed pieces the, uh, of trash. <laughs> <laughs> they passed a, uh, a bill, they passed an ordinance in our town that you couldn't, like, if you were trying to rent a house, uh, it couldn't be, it could only be like three people or less. Mm -hmm. Just to prevent, nice try. yeah. It's just like <laughs> okay, so two people will rent it, and then fourteen people will rent it. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. but yeah, it they were like anyway, trying yeah. real yeah. hard to like prevent college kids from getting houses together. Nope. I also feel like the visual will be enhanced if everyone knows I'm wearing overalls right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. I actually am. Mm -hmm. So we are in the bad news section, which means we got to talk about some bad news. Mm -hmm. So this is sort of weird because in order to talk about this bad news item, I have to talk about a good news item that I'm going to talk about at the end of the show. Ooh. Inception. So this is like a memento. Did you say Inception? Yeah. <laughs> we usually know that you movie You guys works. are both right. It's like Inception and Memento. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all Chris Nolan. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a Mueller indictment came down on Friday of 12 Russian military officers for mm -hmm. the election hacks against the DNC and Hillary Clinton's campaign. Um, 
But the bad news of that is that the Russian hackers kept the DNC backdoor longer than anyone knew about. Mm -hmm. This is the story that just has no limits to how bad it's going to get. Mm -hmm. I, it honestly, I don't, it, the thing is the more, I'm not one of these people that I feel like this is a huge, like conspiracy so much. It just feels like, you know, some Russians, you know, being shitty but like if it the more that comes out about it the more it feels so large that i'm like what can the department of justice possibly do about well i think ultimately where it's going to lead is so right now they've got them on you stole your opponent's playbook Mm -hmm. that's what they've got them on right now uh which is bad Mm -hmm. and obviously illegal but i think ultimately where it's going to go is they manipulated election results. And that's when it's going to get crazy. Is there any... Because I don't know. I'm not, I'm not up to date on the investigation. Is there, any, uh, is there any evidence that they actually tampered with votes and results? Or is it all like disinformation? So there's speculation trolling? that that is what will be revealed eventually. Oh, okay. oh boy. But also... So this is, can I put on my conspiracy theorist hat for a second? I wish you would. I don't know why you haven't been. (laughs) I don't think they would ever tell the American public that because it would undermine the election results and create... It would be chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think they'll ever share that information. Yeah. I think it probably happened. I don't Mm -hmm. know the scale of it or anything like that, obviously. (laughs) I don't have any evidence, guys. This is my conspiracy theorist Uh uh, moment. But I think that would be kept quiet in that spirit of like, quote unquote, keeping America together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is ultimately my thing too, is like what I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't investigate Russia, but my thing is like, what are we going to do about it? Well, that's the thing. I'm like, (laughs) what? I mean, we know it happened now. I think ultimately if anything good can come of it, it's what France did when France thwarted, their own mm-hmm. i mean russia attempted to meddle yeah. in their election yeah. too and they knew what was happening because of mm-hmm. what had happened in the united states and they shut it down if we can present prevent it in the future from happening i yeah. think that would be a plus <laughs> you know? no, no no i i think it would i'm just wondering how you know what i mean like what do you like i think like if people are like hacking into voting systems and like changing results or fudging numbers mm-hmm. then it's like Okay, that is a full on like assault that needs to be like they need to vote a whole like wing of the government to you know shutting down. Right. But with the like whole like fake news and disinformation, I don't even know how you combat that. Well, I know there's certain I don't know things either, can, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there's we can do more than what we've been doing because the reason we were caught so flat-footed, when I say we, I mean like everyone. I mean the DNC, I mean Facebook, everyone was caught so flat-footed is we'd never experienced a, an assault on democracy like that before. Mm-hmm. So no one really knew how to combat it. Yeah. But just because we don't have an answer right now doesn't mean that nothing could be done. Well, um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think the answer is nothing. I'm just like trying to think of, because like, how do you, you know what I mean? Like there's certainly like, you can shut down Facebook pages and stuff like that, but then, you know, they just repop back up and then, you know, you've got to have people that are differentiating between like these like Russian like troll farms versus, you know, people like Alex Jones, who as, you know, as insane of a person as he is, is not the same as like a Russian troll farm because there are people like Alex Jones who are spreading misinformation but in an earnest you know sure. what i mean like they're just stupid well, they're not like trolls I, I don't think the only solution can be like cracking down on fake news because mm-hmm. i mean i'm not even convinced fake news made anyone do what they weren't going to do anyway yeah do you know what i mean so, like, that's like th- fake news doesn't make non-racist people racist right right right, right, <laughs> it, right. It, it inspires racist people to go out and vote exactly so i think yeah. what we need to do obviously is start winning elections but yes. one of the ways we win elections is obviously like getting the base excited to come out and like cortez is a great example of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also if if there can be a, a multifaceted 
front where we're inspiring young people to go out and vote and you know more millennials are running and winning and and congress starts to look more like the american populace that's mm-hmm. obviously all really important yeah. and also educating people about fake news and you know um, yeah. working to shut down some of these sites and some of these accounts but yeah it's it is like a brave new world you know we have a very in America, we we really treasure the First Amendment, and we should, but also we're going to have to start dealing with questions of should Alex Jones be allowed to incite violence? Mm-hmm. Are we cool with that? <laughs> I think we should just shut down the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah. Brave. Just yeah. What, a, what a brave. <laughs> wow. And then oh. we put everyone's phones in bags <laughs> and yeah, we yeah, just yeah. live our lives. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, honestly, pro. No. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think there is a. Uh, yeah, the first. Like, free speech is a really interesting topic. It is. That I think we have to really seriously address in one way or another. I mean, I think. I saw I saw this news article the other day about um, a girl who he got sentenced to uh, jail for um, for encouraging her bo- her boyfriend at the oh, time I over text. This uh, fucking story. The, to, it's the to mass- kill himself. She's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes me so yep. mad because well, what they never cover is that she's mentally ill as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this fucking like the idea that your shitty first boyfriend could fucking do something to get your attention like that and then she's going to go to jail for it well they're mm-hmm. appealing her her conviction now mm-hmm. um on the grounds that cuz there are texts of her like encouraging him to do it yeah. but you know the, her i don't know why this wasn't brought up in the original case but they're appealing it now on the grounds that that's protected free speech well, also, mm-hmm. the people who, because there are a lot of people who are, like, mad at her and want her. Like, even liberals I would say the her. majority of people I've talked yeah, to Yeah, like, hate they hate her. hate her. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so she was cruel via text. She's a teenage girl. Or she was a teenage girl when mm-hmm. she did that. Like, teenagers are shitty human beings. They say terrible things to each other, to their parents. Yeah. Their hormones are going yeah. Bananas, you know? Yeah. I'm like, so are we just gonna start locking teenagers yeah. up for being shitty teenagers? Yeah, that's she like, didn't kill him. No, how I'm my like way of seeing it is she's a really shitty, shitty, shitty person. Sure. And she absolutely did the wrong thing. Absolutely. But I don't think she should be punished for doing the wrong thing. I don't shitty think she should thing. go to jail for being a shitty person. Because she didn't give him a weapon, she didn't mm. kill him herself. That was his decision. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think ultimately a lot of people's point, and one that I don't necessarily know I have a definitive answer, is can't you say the same thing about Alex Jones and people that commit violence based on I his I think words? if there's a pattern of behavior mm-hmm. where you not only... Alex Jones was not texting his girlfriend to mm-hmm. kill herself. Sure. He has a national audience. He's been doing it for years. He makes money from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a difference between being a professional provocateur like that yeah, mm-hmm. and you're a teenage girl who has, like, no power over people mm-hmm. um, and you do something really, really fucked up. But it's yeah, like, totally. you throw away this girl's life. I think that it is, too, but I think that's a really hard thing to codify in a law. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. If you make money off of it, and but but he's but what I'm saying is like if you're gonna arrest him for incitement if he doesn't say the words like you should kill this person but it's more like oh I you know what I mean like if 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 he's not directing people to like kill someone or something like that but it's more of just like a general anger it feels harder to prove that it's incitement. I don't think it's hard to prove because how many lone white male terrorists have we seen? who specifically cite, like, Glenn Beck and Alex Jones. Like, they say they did it because of them. It's like, okay, how much more proof do you need? And, like, maybe it doesn't have to look like the government coming down to, to, like, shut them down, but the more sponsors they lose, the more pressure that's put on, like... That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you can certainly, like... That's what I'm saying. Like, you can certainly go after their advertisers, um... 
make you know lobby for the, to have them deplatformed mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I'm just talking about legally, like I feel getting like people I arrested also... for incitement is really hard unless they're saying everybody who's listening to me right now, I want you to go kill this person, yeah. or if they're left wing. That's the difference. If you are a right winger, you can get away with it. If you're a left winger, I who's the left wing version of Alex Jones? No one, but I also who's been arrested for like incitement of violence. I'm saying it doesn't exist. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like, but why doesn't it exist? Uh, because it wouldn't be tolerated. Well, that's true. I mean, also, I just, I don't know. I feel like the leftists who would have that inclination, which I can't think of any, they're usually not media figures. They they end up becoming like the under the weather underground or something. I, I'm saying it doesn't exist because it wouldn't be tolerated. Like if, if Rachel Maddow ever got like more radical mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or even slightly radical, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she wouldn't have a show. It wouldn't be tolerated. Yeah. I, I mean, that, I think that's the, like Chomsky's talked about that. How yeah. It, it, it's just not considered acceptable dialogue. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it's okay on the right. Like Alex Jones can exist. Glenn yeah. Beck can exist. They can make millions and millions of dollars off of it. Um, but you will never see a left-wing version of that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so, guys, it's that time of the episode. Jump up and down if you feel like it. Here is your good news. (gasps) Oh, we're doing good news. (laughs) I should mention while we're in the good news section. Guys, I still have one, two, three or five of the 2018 Desi calendars left. What? What are you guys doing? I know. There's still a lot of 2018 left. If you go to lighttreason.news right now and sign up as a new supporter, it doesn't matter what tier, I will send you a calendar. (gasps) So that means you can support the show for as little as $5 a month and keep uh, dope interviews coming to you. Hilarious characters, insightful political discourse for just $5 a month. And you get this sweet-ass calendar. Oh, he looks good. Desi's laying by it right now. He's laying in the same He's pose. like, I know I look good. There's like, plenty of 2018 boy. left, and also they're just great pictures. They are. So, if you don't even care about the months yeah. or the year, and I get it, believe me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just... You want to know something I just realized? Because you bring that up. Uh, last night I was in like, like CVS or some, I was in like one of those stores and I was like, I should get a calendar, like a planner kind of thing. And then I was like, oh wait, no, it's August. The year's almost over. And then I walked out and went home and I just realized now how dumb that was. <laughs> oh wait, did you also just realize it's July, not yeah, it's August? July. <laughs> I, in my head, it was almost September and there's only like three or four months left and there's Which no point a for a time. whole, yeah, yeah, but there's. But also no point to a calendar. Yeah, there's I, always point. I, I always like, I, I always keep thinking I'm going to buy a planner and then usually like I'll have it like getting in line. I'm like, I have a Google calendar. What am I doing? Yeah. yeah. What, I have an online Although, calendar. I, there's something really nice about having a physical calendar mm-hmm. and I, I'm very type A so I love planners and stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and I keep telling myself I'm going to buy one and I don't. You know what I want? The one that I've actually used before, like at my old job at the hotel, is a big, like the desk calendar. Yes. The big ones um, that kind of lay flat. It's just nice to be able to like look down and see like what you can fit so much more. You can write so much more in it. Yeah. And then like, yeah, it is nice to just sit down and be like, hmm, I have everything right here. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) So in good news, much like the bad news section, Mueller has indicted 12 Russian officers for hacking the Dems in 2016. Have we talked about this before? What? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were being serious. Hmm? Uh, the officers, members of the Russian Foreign Intelligence Agency, GRU, were all named as having hacked the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, the Democratic National Committee, and the Hillary Clinton campaign. Um, I just love that in history books, like, picture... The year 3000, and 
teachers in the United States very seriously having to address their history classes. If we're still a country then. I was going to mm-hmm. say, I loved your optimism. If the that planet we're still, still exists. Uh, yeah. And they are going to very seriously have to say Gucci fur. Yeah, Gucci fur. Gucci fur. Gucci fur. The, uh, the heck here, Gucci fur. Uh, <laughs> so. Here's a question that I don't yes. really know because I'm not up on stuff, on civics. Um, what authority does the United States Department of Justice have yes. over foreign officials? I think if a crime is committed in the United States, they have oversight. I see. Okay. So, so, so do they have any, like, authority to, like, go to Russia and arrest these people? Or can they just put out, like, warrants for I them? I believe they have to work with the government to get them I see. Okay. extradited. Which, knowing Putin, will not happen. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. Also, like, I don't yeah, know right. if they, they live in Russia right now. Right. Um, My guess is no. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. So, uh, yeah, but that'll be interesting to see what happens. I always think that's so funny when they're just like, well, we've we've decided to, like, because, like, Bush and Cheney both have, like, several, like, warrants out for their arrest from foreign <laughs> yeah. governments. It's just like, okay, we'll just never leave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just can't fly to Germany ever. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, during the presser, Rosenstein described how one unit collected information while another was responsible for disseminating the stolen information. Uh, but what's interesting is people were like sort of parsing timelines while this was happening. And it was very interesting to see when the Trump administration radically altered their media strategy in Florida mm-hmm. because uh, they were privy to certain information that they didn't get before, maybe. Well... The, I mean, the most interesting part of the timeline thing is that Gu- Gucci for... 2.0. 2.0. Please say their full name. Gucci for 2.0. Yep. Um, I, don't, I actually don't know if it was him, but uh, the, these, these Russian officials, they started ch- t- attempting... I don't know if they actually got in, but they, they, they first documented attempts of them trying to get into Hillary Clinton's email account is the day that Trump made a speech mm-hmm. and said, go after her emails. Yeah. What a coincidence, right, everybody? What a totally benign coincidence. <laughs> so uh, I also wanted to talk about, in good news, and this is a huge fucking deal, Ireland has become the world's first country to divest from fossil fuels. Ireland just killing it lately. Yeah. On, uh, oh, yeah. Becoming a modern country. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, we think we should save the planet and women should have uh, control over their own bodies. Or people Get should out. have control over their bodies. <laughs> Get out. Ireland. No. So uh, they are going to sell off their investments in fossil fuel companies after a bill was passed with all party support. Wow. Can you imagine? Wow. Can you imagine? Uh, the state's $8 billion uh, dollar national investment fund, eight billion pound national investment mm-hmm. fund, will be required to sell all investment in coal, oil, gas, and peat as soon as it is practical, which is expected to mean within five years. Uh, Norway's huge um, one trillion dollar sovereign wealth fund has only partially divested from fossil fuels, targeting some coal companies, and is still considering its oil and gas holdings. Um, but Bill McKibben from uh, 350 mm-hmm. was tweeting, and he's like, this is huge. Yeah. It's huge. That would put a big dent mm-hmm. in the fossil fuel industry. So, fuck, congratulations, Ireland. Hell yeah. We can only uh, aspire to do something uh, yeah. like that. Yeah, can dream. We have things called Republicans, yeah. and they won't let that happen. Yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, and Democrats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We I mean, have thing called, things called Democrats or Republicans. <laughs> we have a democracy. And have you heard? I just can't imagine. <laughs> they have like, a democracy, and they fucking did it. The U.S. Barrel. ever divesting from fossil fuels, considering there are people who are like, yeah, I think we should just drill straight through the head of wildlife creatures to get to oil. <laughs> yeah, like. Just kill as many people as possible sure. to get to the oil. The uh, yeah, yeah. So um, also, did I wanna? Oh yeah, uh, I wanted to talk about the huge protests in London as good news. <laughs> Tens of thousands of Brits turned out to protest Trump. Um, is it 
bad I don't give a shit about the giant baby Trump balloon. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing about it the baby Trump. It got a lot of press. No, no, yeah. no. And it pissed yeah. off Trump. It pissed off Trump. Yeah. yeah. Like, he actually cited the baby Trump balloon as a reason <laughs> that he felt unwelcome in Britain. So, True. look, True. make fun of it all you want. It worked. True. Yeah, I just... Because literally all this fucking dumb idiot cares about is his image. I mean, yeah. I think it's, what actually scared him away from London was the fact that they knew tens of thousands of people were going to turn out to protest. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I don't think he got offended by the balloon, but yeah. I mean, he he was like, oh, if they're putting up blimps of me, I guess uh, right. I'm not welcome here. It's a here. little embarrassing. Yeah. So it is sort of like, it became like a, it got a lot of media attention and sort of became like the symbol of their t- discontent, which yeah. again, mm-hmm. it can't be overstated how like how bad do you have to be to get another country's citizens to be like fuck off right. like yeah. also <laughs> like like i so a lot of people were sort of rolling their eyes at the blimp because it it felt like one of those things like liberals do cuz we think it's funny but it's like is this actually doing anything but as you mentioned eric it, it was part of the reason he didn't want to go to london but also I saw so much fucking media coverage of it. Mm-hmm. So it worked on on that level too. Yeah, like it brought absolutely. tons of attention to mm-hmm. this protest that maybe otherwise, you know, I would be willing to wager that uh, some people at that protest didn't know the protest was happening until they saw a news story about the blimp. Sure. Yeah, I would. Yeah. And they were like, "Oh that. shit, we're going out." All right. So Do some this. of that stuff, <laughs> some of that like symbolism can feel very silly and dumb, but it does get media coverage. I mean, I mm-hmm. get the inclination of people to be like, wow, this is what you're doing. Great job. How much money did this cost? Yeah. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, I get that, like, wow, this is stupid. I can't yeah. believe you spent your time on this. But sometimes it gets results. Exactly. Yeah. And also, it doesn't have to be, a, a, like, a single um, strategy. You right. know? We can have a multifaceted strategy to take down fascists. And one way can be through mockery and humor. Well, and mm-hmm. as you mentioned, I mean, I think if 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 it was like Trump was going to London and like one person was like, I bought this big blimp and that was all of it, people would be like, this is fucking stupid. Right. What are you doing? Sure. But it is like that mixed with the fact that tens of thousands of people like went into the streets and like, you know, yeah. protested him. One of the largest protests. Yeah. And it's just like, that's, you know, that's plenty of reason. Yeah. Um, Did you know a lot of people hate Trump? Yeah. Yeah. Who? Can't imagine why. Trump? The president? Dumb Trump? Dumb J Trump? Oh, the J. Yes. That's what I was like, who? Yeah. Sorry. I okay. Donald, that makes sense. Jesus Trump. Jesus, Jesus Trump. Trump. <laughs> that hasn't aired yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the J stands for Jesus, everybody. For Jesus. Um, have you heard the story about the first time Faith and I came to New York? I feel like I've told them in the air, but I can't it remember. It sounds familiar. Maybe I have heard of the story, but not. Faith was raised in a cult, and yes. she doesn't know any yeah, pop yeah. culture yeah. references. Yes, I the know that. The first time yeah. Faith and I were in New York, we had brunch with Allison, and then we went to, we walked down to Central Park, which was mm. stupid because we were in Chelsea. Mm. And we are like, we'll just walk to Central Park. A, a quick jaunt. What? We're like, we looked at the map, we're like, oh, it's just a straight shot down this street. And then we walked to Central Park, mm. and we got, we literally got to the entrance where, uh, the big, like, the circle is. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we were like, mm, all right, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen Central enough. Park. Right. Uh, but we got there, and, you know, the Trump building's right there. Mm-hmm. Columbus like, Circle. Yeah. Clump- yes, yes, Columbus Circle. So we we got there, and we just, like, sat down on a bench. I was like, oh, there's a the Trump building. And Faith goes, who? I was like, <laughs> oh, uh, it's, the, uh, yeah. it's the Donald Trump building. She's like, who's that? I was like, what? Yep. She's like, yeah, I don't know who that is. I was like, it's Donald Trump. Why She's did like, you tell her? Just been like, it's not important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was mind. just so, I was just like, what? Yeah, I know. It really is amazing. It was amazing. And I was just like, oh, you, you innocent, sweet person. Oh, wait. One of the things I forgot to mention in the Mueller indictments is... Oh, Roger Stone is fucked. Roger Stone goes, I'm probably the unnamed person in Mueller's indictment. And everyone was like, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Roger. Uh, so uh, Stone had earlier denied that he was the unnamed person who made contact with a Twitter account allegedly manned by Russian agents and who was in regular contact with senior members of the presidential campaign of Donald J. Trump. So Stone was absolutely, like, the go-between. Yes, of course. Absolutely. Who but else would it there's have been? also, like, Twitter DMs of, like, Eric, was it Eric or 
Donald Trump Jr. like asking WikiLeaks for documents, like asking yes. WikiLeaks for emails. Yeah. Wait, they were stupid enough. Like the, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, there's DMs from I can't oh remember if it was god. Eric or Donald Trump Jr. But one of them literally just DM'd Julian Assange and was like, "Can we get some oh of those emails?" Oh my never, god. Never think that. Donald Trump Jr. Is, isn't <laughs> stupid enough to do something. There is no. Just when you think he's wait, done the stupidest. You're, thing? You don't spend as much time on Twitter. Uh-uh. Have you seen the? There's a Twitter account that all it does is document things that Donald Trump Jr. has liked yes. on oh my Twitter. God. Yeah. yeah. Because he's a fucking moron and he doesn't think people can see it when he and likes things <laughs> on Twitter. Like, here's the thing, though: is he stupid or does he know it won't cost them anything politically, other than sort of energizing the base who's like fuck yeah he is liking tweets mm. of fascists i think it's a little bit of both i, I mean he's he just a he's, fucking moron because it's not just man. like it's not always just political stuff he, he he likes like weird like like weird like alt-right like not like politically like motivated tweets just like dumb like memes and shit like that like yeah he's just a fucking moron yeah also, and then also he, there's no consequences so he doesn't there's care. no consequences yeah. and, but also it's like it's been happening for so long that i have to believe by now he's like oh people are watching me favorite yeah. things <laughs> but anyway so um stone went on to downplay the significance of his quote-unquote innocuous interaction with an i love this an entity called uh gucci fur 2.0 <laughs> God. Who presented himself as a Russian hacker, but was revealed by the Daily Beast to be a front for Russian intelligence. Uh, Mueller's latest indictment against 12 Russians is, quote-unquote, not a conviction. Stone told CNN's Chris Cuomo. Okay. It's true. Let's that's just not a parse conviction. parse that sentence real quick. Yeah. Roger Stone. Yeah. A government official. Yes. Had, he had an interaction. Well, a, a Trump. What would we call him? He works for he's a he was a campaign operative, right? Yeah. So a campaign employee. Campaign employee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had some interaction mm-hmm. with a, a a gentleman named Gucci for two point oh who presented now he That's a says, combination by the way of Gucci and Lucifer, just in case mm-hmm. anyone didn't know. Gucci for two point oh. Uh who presented himself as a Russian hacker. Like that's yes. what he said that yes. he was. Mm-hmm. And Roger Stone goes, yeah, no, we were just chatting. Yeah, yeah. We were just having like There's a little... There's little, 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 they could have had in common. We just mm-hmm. were like, you know what? Like, he had like a cool avatar and we were just like chatting. Yeah, about a bunch of stuff, not hacking. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no... You can't... There's no possible way any interaction could have been innocuous. Well, you know, maybe they were talking about the weather. Maybe he was like, hey, how's the weather in Russia today? And Gucci hey, uh, Fur was like, not bad. Like, hey, uh, Gucci yeah. Fur, you like, uh, you like pierogies? Yeah. Or maybe it was like uh, pop culture related. And Roger Stone was like, are you watching The Handmaid's Tale? And Gucci mm. Fur was like, it's a great show. It's a great show. Mm. Hey, uh, do you, what's, uh, what's up with Tetris? Yeah. Isn't it awesome? Isn't it awesome? It's so fucking sweet. Yeah. Hey, maybe. I have a question. You guys have pasta in Russia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roger Stone just doesn't know anything about Russia. <laughs> do, hey, you yo, have, uh, do you guys have the sky? Is the sky the same over there? <laughs> Is va- is a uh, vodka is Russian, right? Right. Yeah. Do you guys like vodka? Is, you guys like vodka? I think so. Hey, do you have a do you have a dash cam in your car? Hmm? Like every Russian. <laughs> guys, we are out of time. Please follow Chloe and Eric Woo. on Twitter at it's the chew at Eric E R E K underscore Smith. Please go follow Boots Riley. Go see. Sorry to bother you. Tweet Boots Riley. Tell him how much you enjoyed the interview. He's a rad dude, and it was a very interesting interview. Even. If I do say so myself, which I do. Say it. Please go to lighttreason.news. Hit that donate button. Keep us going for as little as $5 a month, and you will get an exclusive 2018 Desi calendar with some very sensual photos of Desmond in there. And he is currently curled up by them because he knows he still needs them. Uh, If you don't know who Desmond is, by the way, and you're a new listener, (laughs) I have two cats named Desmond and Penny, and uh, they're kind of a big fucking deal. So get on board. Educate yourself. Hashtag he's gone full yourself. belly up. Oh my God. He knows he's going to get belly rubs. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Please go follow us on Twitter at Light Trees and Pod. If you have any thoughts about today's episode, hashtag Light Trees and Pod so we can see your thoughts and we can uh, talk with you. Please go like our Facebook page. Please go like us on Instagram. Tell your friends about the show. That's a free way to help the show, everyone. And it's really important because we're a word of mouth operation. That's why you didn't hear uh, any ads on the show today. We're 100% listener supported. 
And uh, yeah, talk to you guys tomorrow. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. Bye. Bye.